Okay, well, good morning again. Go back this morning, 12th chapter of the book of Acts, Zechariah. <clears throat> Linda called this week and said, Jerry had been thinking. I said, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said, that's dangerous. <laughs> but he was thinking of me. That's even worse. <laughs> no, he wanted Linda to do some more work. He sent me a message he had listened to on sermon audio, and it uh, really kind of backed up Brother Russell's message last week. It was pretty good, appreciate it. So anyway, one time Jerry was thinking right. I didn't check with him this morning to see how the smoke was this week. Twelfth chapter of the book of Zechariah. No smoke. That's good. Sixth verse. Said in that day, and I think we just talked about in that day, it's in not necessarily that exact day, but a period of time is speaking of here in that day. Will I make, a go uh, make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in the sheath? And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. In reading this, one thing I'd uh, remind you to take note of, it's always talking here about Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Not the one that now is. It's in trouble, isn't it? Jerusalem. But it's the one that's above. It's the church of the living God. When he talks about this Jerusalem, the Jerusalem that's above is the Jerusalem of God. So keep that in mind. He's always talking about church in these verses. And said, the Lord also says, save the tents of Judah first. That the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. Well, in a natural sense, uh, they had all the doctors and the lawyers and the people that were in authority. Uh, might say all the smart people. They were holding themselves up, but it wasn't going to continue that way. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited, inhabited again in her own place.
place where the Lord had put them. Then verse 7, they said, The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first. That's going to happen first before the others. And David, the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he shall... And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David in the house of David as be as God, angel of the Lord before them. So it's going to be a different time and they're going to inhabit the promised land actually where the Lord has been pleased to place them in the promised land. Now we're not looking at that still on that <laughs> that Jerusalem that now is, but we look into that one that's to come, the holy Jerusalem. We call that one holy over there now. But boy, what a mess. Because of all their doctors and lawyers they've got, it's led them into the position they're in. But the Lord's always going to save his people. The church in the midst of all that are the remnant that's left in all the world. The Lord is going to save them and take particular interest in them. Always leading them about one way or the other. And it's going to be as David in the house of David shall be as God and the angels of the Lord before them. They're going to be ministering. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Always. They, they've always tried to come against Jerusalem. From the very beginning, come against Jerusalem. But the Lord is... is mighty to save his church out of all that. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And that's kind of where people of God are by the Spirit of God. They mourn these things going to be the spirit that moves upon them. It's going to be the spirit that directs them and leads them in the paths of righteousness for the Lord's namesake. It's going to, they're going to be in bitterness as if they had slain the Lord 
themselves. Now I'm talking about the people of God. Now make no mistake about who we're talking about. We're talking about people that have been humbled to the point that they're ready to listen to the Lord because of the spirit of supplication. Now supplication indicates a, a real need and necessity to speak with the Lord. Visit him for their sins and shall be in bitterness for him. Oh, what we looked at it last Sunday. What, what a terrible thing that the world did. It would seem the crucified Lord of glory. They thought they were doing a service. But the Lord turned it about on them. And today we look at it with great bitterness. Why in the world would you crucify the Lord of glory? The one that had come to save his people. The one that would keep the whole law. One that would not let up on anything. Why would we crucify this man? I thought about it a good bit when, when they crucified the Lord and they, they come by. And when they understood by the things that was happening around them that this was the Lord that they had crucified. They had a bitterness then, but it wasn't the same bitterness it's speaking about here. Why in the world would we crucify Lord of glory? In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadidam. He did a realm in the valley of Megiddon. Uh, if bring you back, and if you don't know, in book in the book of the Kings, Josiah was killed at the battle of Megiddon, and there was great mourning in the land over his death. Great mourning, but speaking of the same thing. It's a great mourning over the slaughter, slaying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we not feel? Do we not feel that crucifixion? Do we not feel that terrible pain? Do we not feel that sin that was laid upon him? Do we not feel those things and mourn over them even now as his people in great bitterness? In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem. And the land shall mourn every family apart, and the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, and the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart, and the family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart. And the family of Sheba, Shea apart, and their wives apart. 
and of all the families of the reading. Man, every family apart and their wives apart. In other words, it's going to be individually mourning. They're, they're going to be in unison with mourning over the condition of the people. Great mourning. We we look about us today and we've come we've come so far for the most part from mourning over the things that we and the people do. We we have no fear. We've come about to just absolutely ha almost have no fear, especially of God. People are just up every day and, and rise up against God. What, what a tragedy. But what a turning. What a work the Lord is going to do upon his church. He's going to save his church. The Jerusalem, which is above, that is free. He's going to save because it's his Jerusalem. The Spirit moves in many different ways. It said it was moving here that they might have bitterness. It's moving here that they might consider what they have done. They might consider that it is their sin is as bad as the crucifying of Christ because it is a part of it. It's what sent him to the cross to start with, our sin. And it's tragic. But if the Lord's Spirit moves upon us, we're going to have a completely different attitude about it and we'll be coming in mourning unto the Lord. It, it will be of necessity to us that we speak to the Lord often about our conditions. In the book of uh, Exodus, the 33rd chapter, <clears throat> in verse 12 and Moses said unto the Lord see thou sayest unto me bring up this people and thou hast not yet known me whom thou will sin with me, yet thou sayest, hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. This is a grace that comes with the Holy Spirit, carrying that grace unto the people. Now therefore I pray thee, 
If I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he saith, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, cares not hence. But that's what we need to pray for. That, that is the, the main thing that we pray for. Lord, go with us. If you'll not go with us, we don't go. We need not go without you. But it, it's a urgency and necessity that we pray that the Lord would always go with us. And in that day, and he's talking about our day, our day. It's always our day when it's us. It's our day that the Lord would go with us. We need him to go with us. In the book of Jeremiah, 31st chapter, <clears throat> in verse 7, it said, thus, For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob. Why is that? Because the Spirit's going to go with us. And shout among the chief of the nations, Publish ye and praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. It must be of much urgency that we seek these things. Behold, I will bring them from far country and gather them from the coast of the earth. And with them the blind and the lame and a woman with child and her that travaileth with child together, a great coming to company shall return thither. And they shall come with weeping, come with weeping, and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of the waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. Isn't that good? Lord is going to lead his people. We don't need to get complacent about that, though. We need to keep praying that he would lead us, that he would go with us, lead, guide, and direct us in all of your ways, the ways of righteousness, and they shall not stumble, for I am the father of Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. Why was they scattered? wouldn't keep the commandments. And the Lord himself scattered them, but he's going to pick them back up again and bring them back together. 
as a shepherd doth his flock, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and the herd and their soul shall be as watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Don't send a comforter. He's going to come and comfort his people. Those that have lost their fear, that have no fear, they don't need any comfort. But those that need grace and supplication need that comfort. And the Spirit is always working with them that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He may not always be there. He has turned many times from the people. But seek him. And they shall not sorrow anymore at all. In the book of Romans, Eighth chapter, Book of Romans. I guess verse 13. <clears throat> For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. What are, we, what are we going to mourn about? Deeds of the body, wouldn't it? That's what sent him to the cross. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, not like that old Jerusalem that's in bondage, that one is free, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Well, we weren't even in the family. Not in the lineage. We didn't have anything to brag about. But we have received the adoption. The spirit of adoption. The spirit. Hold on to that spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father, supplication, we cry. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be, 
that we suffer with him. What are we going to mourn about? The sin that's in the world. And joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified, be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God, the free Jerusalem. For we know for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it likewise. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So when we come in grace and supplication, oftentimes we don't know. There's certain things we do know, but certain things we do not know. But the Spirit is always there to intercede for us, to go in through the veil itself into the most holy place with the Lord. The Spirit, the first fruits of Spirit, we have that. In us, that's the Holy Spirit. It's in us. First Corinthians, the second chapter. In verse eight, he said which none of these princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I have not seen, and ear heard, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
but God hath revealed him unto us by spirit. For spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, that and it's in bondage, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. Isn't that good? Things that are freely given us. It's been paid for, bought, purchased, desires by the Spirit. Spirit, always bearing witness with our spirit, giving us more confidence. Sometimes it kind of drops kind of low in this old world, things get tangled up in them. But he gives more confidence to his people. In the book of Lamentation, third chapter in the book of Lamentation in verse 19 I guess remembering my affliction and my misery the wormwood and the gall my soul hath then still at them still in remembrance and is humble in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. It's good, isn't it? Be renewed. There's a renewing of body and mind. It gets, it gets a little harder to renew every morning, old body we got now. But what's it going to be like when it would just be a new body? No aches and no pains. But if, even now, we are renewed day by day. That's the reason the Lord give us work to do. We might rest at night and be renewed in the morning. Today, first day of the week, we come here to be renewed. We come to the Spirit of the Lord to be renewed. It's always renewing, changing man we're changed from glory to glory but it's a work of the spirit always upon us they're renewed every morning and great is our faithfulness lord is my portion saith my soul 
therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And in that day, in that day, he's going to save his people. But don't try to tie that down someday. It's the overall work of the Lord. It's as if it were one day, the day. And the Lord is going to save his people. For it's good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Book of Ecclesiastes, and we remind the same thing. Serve the Lord while you're young. Before your teeth is gone and your eyes are gone out and all that stuff. I, you know, I can understand that really well, too. It's good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. And he sitteth alone and keepeth silent. Because he hath borne it upon him, the Lord has. He putteth his mouth in the dust. If so be, there may be hope. So where is our hope? It needs to be in the Lord of glory. And we need to come to him in grace and supplications that the Spirit has given us, has humbled us, continues it humbleness. Every time we get a little high and mighty, look out. Lord is still at work upon the heart of his people, redeeming the man from himself. <laughs>